I'm Alex Hirsch, the voice of Bill Cipher. And I'm Shion, and I wrote this episode. I'm Rob Renzetti, and uh, I'm watching this episode. And you're the audience, and you're enjoying this episode. Um, so this is Sock Opera. Um, this okay. is one of my favorite episodes of the whole yep, show. It's I a great know one. how you guys feel. Love it. Um, I, I love it. I think, I think this was one of these episodes where... There's a lot of there's a lot of stories that were kind of planned out or something that was on a wish list or something we'd always kind of wanted to do and maybe there was a big plan for it. and then there's other episodes that really just come out of the improvisation process of just like we have a space on the calendar we need to come yep. up with something yeah. um, you know all we really knew going into this and please correct me if I'm remembering wrong but my recollection of the early days of this story was we were coming off the heels of bunker and we had this idea that there was going to be a laptop and we knew there needed to be some episode investigating that. Yeah. I think that was the first thread. Yeah. We pulled. Yeah. And it was like just having the kids look through a laptop would be boring. Pretty boring. So we yeah. were like, okay, we need to make an obstacle, you know, make it like high stakes obstacle in order to get them to access this precious information and also like not be stuck in the beginning of the season being like, Oh, well, here are all of the author's word documents, including like, his identity. <laughs> right. Well, we needed to something. One of our mission statements for season two was season one. I actually remember early on me and Michael Rianda had a, a, a white whiteboard that said season one, season fun, season two, season continuity. Um, <laughs> like, and our, our, what we imagined was we were going to really try to thread the needle on like there is an ongoing mystery. And that means you need to, you need more clues. You need more Mr. Yeah. X red herrings. You yeah. need to step it out. Um, and as we were working on all these stories, we we're trying to find ways to connect them. So we knew Bunker, okay, Bunker's going to end with finding this laptop. Um, the laptop potentially was going to lead to a story. We, do you remember this? We consider this episode where um, it was going to be uh, McGucket going in a submarine underwater. Yeah, I, you had that worked was on actually, that one, right? This was oh, uh, that was like part of um, Society for the Blind. Yeah, yeah. right. Yeah, yeah, that's when we're trying to crack that. Um, and that that didn't work out. No, I it mean, was, it didn't work out underwater. We were trying to. It was like okay, we're going to use this laptop to go on an adventure and it's maybe going to be a mcgucket thing and maybe go underwater and then th that it wasn't quite connecting and then we figured out blind eye but this didn't lead to that so we were like okay this episode ultimately we're going to use this idea of the laptop as a way to start the adventure and as a way to create stakes for dipper but not really as being what the story is yeah. about right um and i had done this just big pile of sketches when the season began of just Mabel in a bunch of crazy situations. One of them was her dressed as a bumblebee being the mascot of Buzzum's brand bumblebee cereal. Um, <laughs> one of them was her like roller skating. One of her was being attacked by a hundred socks and that hundred socks drawing I had on my desk. And I was like, something with socks guys. Can we figure yeah, this? Yeah. yeah. Figure out. No, something where did socks. The, where did the idea for, uh, for Bill to possess uh, Dipper come from? Cause it feels like, feels like something we would have had for a while, but I honestly don't remember the origin of that idea. Sean, do you recall the origin of that? I don't know because I remember when we were cracking this story, like I got bit by a spider and then like, I remember I was in a meeting and I, I suddenly now. thought that my throat was closing up yeah. because I had gone to some weirdo doctor in Burbank that I just found on Google and yeah, didn't you have to go to the emergency room yeah, suddenly? Yeah, cause I what? didn't know. Cause I didn't know like I had a reaction to uh, amoxicillin oh which is what God. they gave me for the spider bite oh, yeah. which they really didn't need to do because wow. like they overdosed you and then almost killed you yeah well yeah so I was like <laughs> oh my god I'm dying the and show then is, I left the show is dangerous <laughs> yeah. I went to the emergency room after one uh, after a night at work too when we ordered something and I got something on this tuna steak that I all of a sudden had this 
weird allergic reaction. You remember that, Alex? I like all of a sudden was a be- was beet red. <laughs> so here's wow. here's like what a terrible boss I am. The meeting probably went like this. It probably went. I walk in. And I'm like, guys, this sock opera episode's not socky enough. Shion, make it better. And Shion was like. Oh. <laughs> and I'm like, you're coughing in agreement. All right, peace out. Fix it later. Um, you, you saw my face and you were like, your face. What's wrong with your face? What's going on? And I was like, I, I, I think I'm dying. Like I was like quiet the whole meeting. Yeah, uh, I'm dying for us to get this episode done. All right. And then I, I left and I came back and you guys had figured it out. And I was like, oh, okay. Well, all right, cool. My that's job good, here is done. That's a good work method. Yeah. Well, we, I mean, it was something where we were trying to figure out how to engage with the mystery of it all and I, I don't remember actually who suggested the idea of Dipper being possessed by Bill and like the moment I heard that I was possessed of two equal and opposite emotions one which is that's the most fun cool thing I've ever heard and that's going to make a great episode and the other one being like is it too much too soon yeah Are we giving away the game right um and I think you know sometimes and we talked about this in other episodes like you'll have a great idea and you'll wonder should I wait and it's like in television a bird in the hand is worth two like when right. you got it try it out yeah um and I, I think that's Bill is a really hard character to write, and it's hard to figure out how to make the most of a, you know, a character who doesn't have a physical body who just right. exists in people's mind. And he was always conceived, particularly in season one, as being, he was designed to torment Dipper. Like Dipper's a character who wants answers more than anything. So before he was even a villain, he was, what if there's a character who has all the answers and dangles them in front of Dipper just to right. make him insane? Right. Um, and this episode, unlike Dreamscapers, we actually get to see Bill do what he was designed for, which was drive Dipper crazy. And also, like there was a, after, I mean, we had hidden Bill in little in little places before he actually appeared, season yeah. one. And people had picked up on that. And then when he appeared, there was just like this, already he had a fan base before he ever hit the screen for yeah. real. And people were so crazy for him. And it was like, we'd brought him back. We'd only used him once. Mm-hmm. And people were just waiting for him to come back. And we felt like, well, maybe it's time we give the audience some more Bill. Yeah, it was like the internet knew that he was going to be the big villain before we did. Because yeah. I remember we had yeah. a meeting where we were like, Sh- is, is Bill going to be the big bad? Or are we going to come up with a new one? And and we explored other options explored and nothing it. felt bigger than this guy who's already got his tendrils in the in the minds of the characters and the fans. Yeah, yeah. It was like nothing was as fun and serving of that purpose. Well, and I, I think that's part of why people like Bill so much is that, yes, he's he's cruel and insane, but he's clearly enjoying himself. Yeah, yeah. Um, and you and that always watch makes for a good villain. What kind yes. of crazy stuff he's going to do. Like this. So one of my kind of rules for Bill, just sort of instinctively, oh, is oh, every time oh, he arrives, he part. very quickly does something that Shion will hate. <laughs> every time Bill arrives, he will quickly do something you don't expect. Um, this was some, sort of one, one of the theories about characters is that introductions are really important. Um, and that in the way a character introduces themselves, you can basically project their entire personality. Mm-hmm. Um, like a famous example of that is... Uh, Willy Wonka in the Chocolate Factory, um, the guy who plays Willy Wonka, uh, Gene, Wilder. Gene Wilder. He like demanded that Willy Wonka limps out of yeah. the factory and then does a little like twirl. And so from the very first time you see him, you're like, wait, so is he is he is he old? Is he young? Right. Is, is he in pain? Is he in charge? Is he trolling he's just me? Messing with everybody? Yeah. yeah. And that's what he's doing. And like I thought about that a lot with character interactions and particularly with Bill. Like, and even if it's shoehorned in, like, here's a screaming face for no reason. It's like, okay, <laughs> always be on edge. When this guy arrives. No. I remember Mabel Juice. We had notes about what like, <laughs> liquids were Mabel allowed Juice? to be in Mabel Juice. It was like, no coffee. That was out. 
no markers we couldn't put markers. <laughs> they were so concerned about that fictional that juice. someone would try and make maple yeah. juice for real i'm sure somebody has well actually that's not true um the, there's this company that does a food truck a food truck at new york comic-con every year oh right i'm um, called like fiction foods yeah, and they have yeah. people vote on the fiction food they want to eat the most and people voted on maple juice so they had to invent what maple juice would yeah. be yeah i think it was just like i can't I, believe i missed that. soda with um just like an entire bucket's worth of pixie sticks poured in. Okay, like, that makes sense. That's not a bad idea. I like this. I like that idea that Candy is going to plot against Mabel to steal this man. <laughs> I think this might be Mabel's, in the whole series, her last, like, an episode that's all about a Crush of the Week. Yeah. Um, we, we felt like, you know, that you can only do that story so many times without it getting old. Right. And we thought what would be really different about this one and make it valuable is that she kind of notices... Like, by the end of it, she realizes, like, in my crush obsession, I'm kind of crushing everything around me. Yeah. Um, yeah, I really like that arc for her that um, Society for the Blind Eye ended with, where she's, she, like, her, the last time she deals with, like, romantic stuff is her deciding to not let it affect her. And I felt like that was really real. Not this episode, but <laughs> yes. great. Well, oh, but this tears it up. coming up. Yeah, this episode <laughs> tears it up, and and and, and we uh, tease it up, and we res- we reply to it, and yeah. This is the first so time that Mabel chooses to like sabotage what she believes yeah. is an actual chance. Yeah, and she actually um, has an act. She has a really good chance with Gabe more so than anyone that she's encountered. Probably, she does a very. She pulls together a very impressive show. Well, and that was my other favorite thing about this episode is you know coming up with a clear setup that has like personal stakes but results in a funny situation is like that is the gold of what you're trying to do in yeah. sitcom structure and that's why most sitcoms are built around lies because somebody has to pull it off Mabel's sort of over brag like yeah, yeah, yeah I-, I can throw the world's biggest puppet show by tomorrow and then she actually has to do it puts her in a place where she's just going to do the most fun creative mabel things right um it's rare that you have a setup like that and it's something like this bill thing that are both so clear and high stakes um, yeah, and by the second act of this episode, I am like so invested. Like I've I've sort of casually seen it on TV, and then like I'll think like, oh, I remember that, and then I can't stop watching. Well, I was rewatching the whole season again in anticipation of these commentaries. Like this w- episode, I just was like, I just enjoyed it so much because everything's up and running. You know who these characters are. They're they're really expressing themselves in a great way. I mean, by that I mean they're acting like themselves in the most pure way they can, and just. This is you can tell that this stuff matters to Dipper and this her play matters matters to Mabel, and you you understand why each one of them is doing what they're doing. Well, even they're, they're the both decisions in love, are really right? Bad. Like yeah. uh, Mabel's in love with Gabe, Dipper's in love with you know the author, yeah. and they're both willing to do something crazy to get get closer to that thing. Um, this was the hardest season. This was the hardest scene in the entire yeah. episode. This went through changes and changes so and even many. changes up until the animatic because Dipper's a really we think of him as a smart character. Yeah. And the idea that he would ever agree to make a deal with Bill, originally he did agree to it. He's like, all right, um, I will, you can possess me like uh, for answers. Like right. there was going to be some kind of, and it, it was hard to believe. And I kept, if a character makes a choice that is you know, against theirs or other characters' interests for a bad reason, you hate them. Um, and so there was just kept being la- layers of adjustment to this to make it, okay, what would it take to get Bill to make a deal with 
Dipper to make a deal with Bill. One, he would have to not understand the rules of the deal. He's been yeah. tricked. He thinks he's just giving a puppet he didn't know it was himself. Classic genie rules, mm-hmm. right? You get what you wish for in a way you didn't expect. Number two, uh, there's a time, a, tick, a literal yeah. ticking clock yeah. that just started, which if he doesn't do it by now, he's going to lose all this. Number three, Bill rightfully points out that Mabel has been kind of not sacrificing for him and he maybe needs another ally right now. And it took all of those to believe that Dipper might do this and not hate Dipper. Right. And um, also that he was sleep deprived. That was the other like just yes. physical yeah. Number four, part of it. Yeah. And actually, you'll notice that Dipper blinks right before Bill arrives. And that's our way of suggesting that... Uh, that countdown might not have even existed. Right. Like, that Bill only shows up in your dream, and he usually comes in when you've fallen asleep. So if Bill is there, you're asleep. Yeah. I love the idea that we just get rid of the laptop, and it's like, nope, that wasn't the <laughs> yeah, key. Yeah, nope. well, guess what? You don't get to find out anything. Oh, right. and that's another great, that's that's kind of like the screaming head, is Bill arrives, he, he will change something. He'll change the status quo. Yeah. Um, that was also another happy accident up there, is uh, that window that dipper is in with the <laughs> bill window uh that like red stained glass that was designed by ian for the first episode and we didn't even know if bill's going to be important but now we got to stage it so bill literally comes through it it feels like we planned that all yeah. along we did not it was an accident <laughs> yeah in the first two after this i had bill dipper like playing the knife game with his hands and we had to take that out but yeah well, we, we got close to it we yeah got, we uh, did we're always trying to figure out how can we get the spirit of the thing this yeah. is uh the scene is exactly from ghost dad i don't know if you've seen uh, the movie ghost dad <laughs> i somehow have missed it vessel to possess you're basically a ghost oh hey dipper there you are what up dude zeus wendy help me help me head to the theater um there's a lot of discussion with the artists about what sort of dipper's ghost form would look like I think they did a really good job of sort of the color on him. So you feel like he's Dipper. This is so creepy. This is great. <laughs> Robert Ryan Corey did that weird face with those teeth. Whatever mm-hmm. teeth are that detailed, you can yeah, thank Robert yeah. Ryan Corey. <laughs> um, the settings in this episode are so fun, too. Like the old timey theater. Yeah. We went through a million titles for theater time theater, didn't we? <laughs> we had no, a we trouble. We finally landed on gold. We had really had trouble clearing anything with legal, I think, and with yeah, they just wouldn't because there's so many theaters in the United States. Like you think you're coming up with an original name, like nope, there's an actual theater named that. You cannot name your theater that. It's this was such a good scenario having. Dipper's the most anxious guy in the world, and him having to watch somebody take over his body and say everything that he would never say, and is kind just... of and kind of make a sta- make a success of it too. Like <laughs> he's instantly, uh, you know, welcomed by Susan and Wendy. They don't seem to see anything, barely anything wrong going on with this uh, creature inside of Dipper's body. Um, gotta give some major uh, shout-outs to, I believe, uh, didn't Matt Chapman do some demos for this? Yeah, yeah, Matt. Chapman did some demos, uh, wrote Just, some lyrics. Yeah, like I remember the like I'm the mayor and here's an award. Like was definitely like a Matt Chapman. Yeah. <laughs> Who's that girl with the pig and the braces? That's, <laughs> yeah. that's the first thing, and he's loving it. Look at that. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, her perfect. plan yeah. is working. <laughs> <laughs> he's- I want to see, like, this is much better than the show Gabe was putting on in the library. This is worlds above it. Like, she's too good for him, uh, both professionally and personally. Yeah, well, well, kudos to him. He wasn't threatened by a talented lady. <laughs> That's true. <laughs> that always makes me laugh. Yeah. It's so stupid. I love it. Um, this is perhaps the cruelest joke that I enjoy coming up, where uh, Bill Dipper calls uh, Grenda a monster. <laughs> 
There was well, so there was a lot of people saying like, so wait, are they suggesting that she's also possessed by some kind of monster? It's like no, no, Bill no. is just a jerk. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> he's just calling people monsters because he's an awful, awful character. <laughs> I don't remember where did this come from—the idea that Dipper possesses a sock. I don't know. Do you remember this, Sean? I. I don't know. We were like, we have to find a way to get him to communicate with Mabel somehow. And so the logic was that Bill, even though he doesn't have an earthly form, was able to possess Dipper like a puppet. So like maybe if Dipper yeah. concentrates really hard, he could do the same thing with it's, the sock. It's so good. It's, yeah. <laughs> it's such, I love it. Like when I watch this episode, like right. kind of that's the moment where I'm like, this is making the most of the premise. Like you yeah. think that the idea of, of an episode that's half about bodily possession and half about a sock puppet sock opera have nothing to do with each other. And like they yeah, fit so, so perfectly. Connected. And it's like yeah. the perfect mix of like, I've talked in other commentaries about how Gravity Falls is a specific tone. And some episodes to me really are in the pocket of what the tone should be. And other episodes aren't. This to me is like the perfect tone of Gravity yeah. Falls. Um, like it's, it's both as scary and as funny, as cute and as weird as character-based and as insane um, as they're supposed to be. And there's episodes I love um, that are way goofier than this, and there's episodes I love that are way more, like, serious, but, like, this really feels like what I always wanted the show to feel like. Yeah, and it gets that Oregon feel, too. I don't I don't really know how to describe it. Maybe it's the, like, old-timey theater and the... And, like, the windy day the, at the beginning. There's yeah. a lot of... Yeah. You get the sense of a little bit of a sense of weather, which we don't often do. And Dipper late at night up on the roof of the shack. You yeah. Know, in the middle of the night. There's a lot of uh, atmosphere. That, um, you drive a biscotti joke, that's that's a Shion joke, right? Yeah. That's a, that's, <laughs> that's a great... That's a great line. That's a perfect... That's a perfect Mabel reaction. <laughs> Forever? <laughs> I'm sorry. It, look, it looks funny when you're mad. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. This is yeah, obviously inspired by Kermit. Yeah. The weird faces that Kermit makes. Yep. In particular, the the really early Jim Henson like commercials that he would do, where it really was practically a sock. But he gets so much expression out of so much mashing his fist inside. I have a very soft spot for Muppets, and it always boggled my mind that Josh Weinstein did not care. For them. <laughs> <laughs> it's a big point of contention. We talk about it even to this day. Nothing can melt my ice heart but but the Muppets, so it's very confusing. You just hear the three banjos drum chords of Rainbow Connection and suddenly you're a child <laughs> again. Crying, That's good weeping stuff. Josh softly. is just like, get me out of here. Oh, come on, come on. There must be a way to get Dipper's body back. Oh, but why would you want to do that? <gasps> Bill Dipper. Bipper. Shh. You wouldn't want to ruin the show. Whoops. <gasps> It's slipping. How's about you hand that book over? No way. This is Dippers. I've never... Uh, I think Chris Houghton storyboarded this, did a fantastic job. Um, the art direction on this where he's, you know, surrounded by this, like, neon red light and the fog machine from the show. And he, he gives Mabel a very clear choice. And he actually thinks, my concept is that Bill genuinely believes that Mabel's kind of like him. He sees Mabel as a chaos agent. Mm -hmm. Like, Mabel has got a little bit of a seed of anarchy in her. She's a little bit selfish. She likes to have fun at whatever cost. And Bill is all those things times a billion. So he thinks when he lays it all out for her, like, how about instead of being lame, you do something fun and crush whoever you want in the process? He thinks that's going to go over. Um, and uh, he's not wrong in seeing that side in Mabel, but... But Mabel is a better a better person than Bill Cipher. <laughs> uh, this outfit is a reference to uh, Night of the Hunter, a mm -hmm. uh, classic movie about this terrifying preacher. Um, seemed really appropriate for a terrifying Bill. Well, form. just the idea that we got to have Bill <laughs> or possess Dipper dress up as a preacher was was a fantastic coup on our part. 
Well, it, was, it, it took a lot collar. of figuring out, right? All these pieces. The idea that he wants the journal, but Mabel's using the journal as a prop, and the yeah. book, yeah. they're swearing on it for the wedding, and so he has to dress as the preacher to get it, so you get him in this awesome outfit yeah. during the sequence, and we've set up that Dipper's really tired, so Mabel can defeat him by just making him run around in circles, and yeah. he's a being of light, so he has no experience with bodies. It, like, it all really clicked together. A huge amount of work from everybody involved yeah, for this it's plot. but crazy watching this again how much story we packed into this thing yeah. it's like oh yeah and then there was this turn and this turn and this turn <laughs> yes I'm in my own body and it's just as underwhelming as <laughs> <laughs> poor Dipper that's I mean I know how Dipper like being being, being 12 human. All, all I felt was like a brain that was way better than my lame body. And, and I had to just wait for my body to somehow be useful. And it never was to this day. This might have been one of the biggest fights we ever had over the entire course of the series was over this music cue. Oh, yeah. Oh, my God. With who? With uh, the, the, the forces at B felt that using Ave Maria might be seen as offensive to somebody as it is uh, a religious song. Um, my argument was I'd seen it in a Tostino's pizza roll commercial. <laughs> and that like, when you watch, like it's a, at this point colloquially, yeah. like, you know, when you, when you see people in football and you need to make the pass, you call it a Hail Mary, but nobody is like, oh, how could you say Hail Mary? <laughs> like my, my point was like, this has been, this cue yeah, has been transformed. It's been co-opted so To the point freely. where nobody would, th no one would ever but think again, that. But again, we're not, we're not making fun of that song. We're using that song to make fun of the character that we're That's watching. 100% correct. Yeah. Is that like to Gabe, the most pure thing in the world is puppets. And to see a puppet be destroyed is akin to a religious experience. Yeah. <laughs> like the joke is Gabe loves puppets this much. Yeah. 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 Um, and I had a hunch that if we could talk them into letting us do it, no one would have a problem with it. And no one did. <laughs> right. A lot and of people thought it was really, the funniest scene in the episode. It's really yeah, it funny. It always cracked me it's up. It's really funny. Also, like that Mabel's sweater has actual yarn hair yeah. of the unicorn. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> we always tried to, we usually tried to theme Mabel's sweater in some way to the episode that we were experiencing. If we can't, suggest something. And this is kind of Mabel and Dipper, like at their at their best. Is like Mabel is realizing that in this in this instance she was just really ignoring Dipper, and the fact that she didn't care about the journal doesn't mean that he didn't care. Right. If he cares, then it matters, you know. Are you gonna talk oh, about this? this the real puppets at the end, Alex. How did this come about? Um, I mean, we just we all love Muppets. Shion loves Muppets, and I wanted to see if we could get this in. And uh, me and Matt Chapman are controlling those two. Uh, we're like we're both under. <laughs> that's really close to the ground. We're contorting our bodies so you can't see our heads. Like we were both sore for like a week <laughs> after that. Um, I like this. I like the ending. We always want to do a little extra if we can. <laughs> 